330 days had passed since the last time Victor Oladipo played for the Miami Heat, but there he was on Monday night facing his former team, the Houston Rockets, and he looked great, confident, and contributing in every way possible. How does he fit into the rotation? What's next for Victor Oladipo? We'll break it all down for you as the best team in the Eastern Conference just got a lot better. You're listening to Locked On Heat. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Tuesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat, however you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. I'm David Rumel, and with me as always is my co-host Wes Goldberg. The Heat, we're hosting the Houston Rockets on Monday, welcoming back Kyle Lowry after missing all of last week for personal reasons. And the game started off sloppily with Houston's quick offense, burning defenders on drives to the basket, sapping some of the energy out of FTX Arena and building a 13-point lead. But then Tyler Hero came into the game and dropped a career high for the most points in a single quarter with 21 in the second period. Miami would control the pace for most of the game, getting 31 points from Hero, 21 points from Jimmy Butler, and cruising to an easy 123-106 to win. But you know what, Wes? None of that really matters. All that seems secondary to the moment when, with one minute and 21 seconds left in the first quarter, Duncan Robinson checked out of the game, and there was Victor Lodipo ready to check in for the first time, again, in almost a year of action, playing on a limited minutes restriction, 15 minutes, almost 15 minutes to the dot, which he played on Monday night, and finishing the night with 11 points on 4 of 7 shooting, Two of three from three-point range, contributing big plays. Within seconds of him checking into the game, picking up a, uh, a drawing a charge. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly who, and just energizing the whole crowd. You were there at FTX. What was the vibe like? What was it like seeing Victor Lotipo check into the game again for the first time in almost a year for Miami? Yeah, I'm glad you're framing the question that way because there's two ways to, to sort of break this game down. I know we're going to do both. There's the emotional component yeah. and obviously the X's and O's component. And I think the emotional one is a good place to start because I credit the crowd for being completely dialed in. Not yeah. only did they start cheering when Victor Oladipo checked in, they started cheering when he approached the scorer's table, getting ready to check in. The anticipation was palpable for Oladipo. Yep. and. This is a player, and Oladipo said this after the game, told Will Manso this, like, the cheers that he got, uh, Tyler Hero said after the game, it gave him goosebumps. Yeah. And he could only imagine what Oladipo was feeling. And Oladipo got a little emotional talking to Will Manso after the game. And one of the things he mentioned, and I thought was a really good point, and it's something that I hadn't thought of, is that he doesn't really know this fan base. This fan base doesn't really know yeah. Victor Oladipo. He's barely played for the Miami Just Heat. four games last season. Just four games. And... It was in that weird kind of pandemic season that a lot of people weren't paying attention to and TV ratings were down and all that stuff. And uh, it didn't matter. It did not matter. This fan base, that crowd at FTX Arena tonight, were completely uh, excited, amped up, ready to watch Oladipo make his Miami Heat debut this season. And, uh, and, and I think that energy gave Oladipo energy too. And it gave him butterflies, And it, I'm, I'm sure. And... Um, you know, he got he took that charge, like you mentioned, in like the first, I don't know, 20 seconds of him being out there. And I just I literally was on press row. I just laughed. I was like, of course he did. Like, if, yep. that's the most Miami Heat thing that could possibly happen in this in this scenario is that he checks in after missing 333 days. And the first thing he does is take a charge under the basket. Great. Perfect. 
Um, so that was the emotional component. And from an X's and O's component, like I thought he looked pretty good, right? He only yeah. played 15 minutes. It was that that was the minutes restriction that he was on. Uh, Spo said it before the game, so that wasn't a surprise. Checks in in the last couple of minutes of the first quarter, and then he plays, uh, you know, the next five minutes uh, in the second quarter, and that was basically the same pattern from between the third and the fourth quarter. Um, and so we got uh, he got his 15 minutes, and he made some plays. I thought he was used mostly off the ball, which I yeah. thought was pretty interesting, but it was a good way to warm him up. I know we're going to zoom out and look at what's next a little bit later on in the show, and I think that's somewhere that we could look. But also, you know. He had a nice uh, take off of a Bam Adebayo screen, showed a good first step into a right-handed dunk. There were flashes there where he got deflections and things like that. Had a nice stop under the basket against, I can't remember what anonymous Houston Rocket, doesn't matter, got a rebound, <laughs> pushed the pace, missed a couple easy layups, but all that stuff is just knocking rust off. Overall, awesome night, great energy in the arena, and you got to like what you saw from him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, at four assists to go along with those 11 points, had a nice pass under the basket to Bam at a bio, a couple other plays there yeah. uh, where he's just, he's still a very quick, capable, you know, ball handler. Like we saw that for several moments there. He had some nifty moves there. Th- things that we haven't seen from any other Heat player really other than Tyler Hero on occasion. And something about, I think all the depots handles just a step quicker than even Tyler's and it just that burst isn't there a hundred percent yet, but physically he looked great. I mean, the fact that he was able to at least dunk the ball and he shot the ball well yeah. from the perimeter and overall just being able to handle the ball, you know, just a really, really solid performance. I, we I could gush. I, I, I'm sorry. I, glo- I glossed over the dunk and, and you mentioned it again and it's worth really kind of, to me, that's the play of the game. For him, I know a lot of people yeah. like the corner three, and then he goes up to Kyle yeah. Lowry, and it was like, it says, Thank you to Kyle nice Lowry. Moment. The camera catches that's nice not moment. really nice moment there, but that dunk to me was the and the charge too is getting a lot of uh, attention. But that dunk to me is the play of the game for Old Depot because when I, I kind of I, I went back and watched it a couple different times, David, and and you kind of just freeze frame it the moment he comes off of that BAM screen, the Rockets defender has position on him. Like you kind of freeze frame it there and you're like, Hey, this is going to end up in a dunk. And you show the freeze frame picture to somebody and you're like, yeah, Depot's not dunking that right after right. two major quad. No way. And, and he does like, he just blows by him. He, he makes himself small, gets the ball into his right hand, uh, puts the shoulder, his, his left shoulder and back into the defender, the Rockets defender, and then just kind of springs out of that uncoils. And then into that right handed dunk, that first step was there. The movement was there. Like to do all of that takes a connectivity of the body, right? And and so he had that there. And for him to finish that with a right-handed, one-handed dunk, uh, I just thought was really it showed explosiveness. It showed body control, which was maybe even more important than the explosiveness at this stage. Um, it was just really, really impressive. That to me was the best sign from Depot tonight. This this is I think that dunk and all the other athletic plays that he was able to make throughout the rest of the night really underscores Miami's slow process of reintegrating him into the game. Like there Mm. were so many people who thought, oh, you know, he'd be available maybe even as early as November or December. I remember a Woj report from last season about the surgery and the successful surgery Oladipo had that maybe they might be even looking ahead to December for a potential return. Then January rolls around. People are thinking maybe he might come back before the All-Star break. Even you and I doubting and questioning when's it going to, you know, we, we heard yeah. reports. We saw him shooting around pregame or in practice and things of that sort. And the expectation was that he'd be able to make an impact. A lot of people getting a little impatient, hasty, and wondering when he'd be able to return. Well, this was the plan all along. 
slowly building him back so that his confidence would start to build so that physically we would see the best version of him. He looked great. Like, I, yeah. I, I mean, considering his low usage on the night, he still made an impact on the game. He had a positive net rating at the end of it. Yeah, plus three. All, yeah, all of that taken into consideration with the fact that he was, you know, as he pointed out, very human, that his response to the game was a human one. After having this prolonged absence, that it was even for somebody who's had to come back a couple of times, as he mentioned during his postgame presser, still a little nerve wracking. And yet he was able to eventually get his find his comfort zone, get into the rhythm of the game and, and again, make a positive impact. So it was a great executed plan by Miami. Uh, the emotional component, let's, let's step away from it because I, I, I want to bring it up a little bit because I, I've heard Spo mention the mental aspect of Victor yeah. Oladipo's return a lot more lately than I think I have ever heard from any particular coach about any particular player. And just kind of taking that into consideration, the fact that this has been a very difficult year to kind of temper expectations for Heat fans, even as they're listening to this, because it's been a hard year for him, just being away from the mm -hmm. game, away from the team, finding his role. And as you pointed out, like not even really, not even having that connection to your home base, you know, it's not like this fan base, as much as they appreciate all the people, they don't really know him and vice versa. And so it's kind of hard to kind of build that con connectivity there. And yet slowly starting to get it back. The fans welcome him. Uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting good yeah. things from him. And I, I like the positivity of the night, just a great vibe overall and, and welcome, uh, you know, welcoming sight to see him out on the court and making an impact. But uh, any other thoughts about the night in particular before just, we uh, move uh, on? Just that it's important to remember, to your point, and it was a, it was well said, like the reason I think that the emotion started getting um, talked about by Eric Spolstra and teammates too is yeah. because they knew that this day was coming. And the, yeah. I, I'm sure just like the excitement was just building in Victor Oladipo and it was just all of that stuff starts to kind of bubble to the surface, right? Um, it's important to remember where Victor Oladipo was coming from. This was... I think a lot of Heat fans are like, yeah, we saw Flash Flash. This is a guy who a couple of years ago was an all-NBA player, an all-star level yeah. player. And I know Heat fans think about that in terms of what percentage of that player can we get from this version of Victor Oladipo. But let's also remember where Victor Oladipo is coming from. He was an all-star in the NBA, top 1% of his field, and then irrelevant for two years. And I was doing a little bit of research before the game, and I went back and just found this article where uh, a childhood friend of his, Quinn Cook, who played in the NBA for quite a few years with the Warriors, um, they grew up together in the D.C. area. And this is an article from 2019, David. And wow. when and, and the, the Warriors were playing the Indiana Pacers in Indiana. Oladipo was still on the Pacers two trades ago for Victor Oladipo. Yeah. It was when he first tore the quad, and Quinn Cook – kind of wore Oladipo's shoes and a jerk and, and like an, a Pacers shirt during the Warriors shoot around to sort of honor Victor Oladipo. And I'm like, oh my God, that's again, two trades ago, like two teams ago for Victor Oladipo. There was a Houston Rockets stint in the middle of that. Right. Yeah. And, and it was just, um, you know, it's just sort of a crazy road for him. I know that yeah. we're only beginning to touch the very surface of this story and the emotional component, but I do think it's just really cool to remember that on a night like this. Even as you're mentioning this, I'm just thinking about like the bigger picture of Oladipo's career and what a weird turmoil, tumultuous yeah. one it's been. Like yeah. drafted by the Orlando Magic, 
traded away to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder for Serge Ibaka after one season playing alongside an MVP campaign of Russell Westbrook's, which seems like, again, like an eternity ago, traded to Indiana, having to find his place there after being kind of labeled as a bust or underwhelming in his first yeah. few years in the league to becoming this all-NBA player, and then the injuries mount up, the trade to Houston, the trade to Miami, another injury. It's been a really difficult process. And just the fact that he's been able to have the mental fortitude to withstand it all, the trades, the, the coaching changes, the the different cultures, the different climates, everything that comes with being an NBA player, being, you know, kind of forced into this journeyman-like status. Now he is expected to make an impact and, and living up to those expectations so far. So it's only one game. We'll see what happens next. We'll talk about that later on the show. We'll also give credit to some of the other Heat players that really stood out from this big win over the Houston Rockets. But first, a reminder that this show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is obviously in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Some people think maybe uh, Frank Bogle's days are limited in Los Angeles, already taking bets on that. I'm sure BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get in the kitchen, whip up some credit cookies, David. What kind of cookies are we whipping up today? You know, I was thinking about it after uh, you and some other friends of the show you know, were bullying me about my Girl Scout cookies take. Something that uh, you know, it really took to heart. Uh, I was thinking about other cookies that I enjoyed having. Uh, once upon a time, big fan of Teddy Grahams. Love Teddy Grahams. Yeah, which ones? You like the original honey? No, I'm a cinnamon guy. And I have no problem with cinnamon. They also do a really nice um, chocolate ones. Chocolate and uh, a cookies and cream as well. Really, I haven't tried those. I think it's cookies and cream or something like cookies and cream. I don't know if it's titled okay. cookies and cream. If that's what you're looking for in the in the. The, the aisles of Publix, but let's let's stick um, let's stick with cinnamon Teddy Teddy Grahams. Yeah, then. cinnamon Teddy Grahams. All right, so that's that's weird that I only have ten Teddy Grahams. That's a very small amount that's of Teddy Grahams. That's small. Maybe um, we'll have some extra. You know, maybe one of those little I packets. Got it. We, like, we got a hundred Teddy Grahams. We got a hundred Teddy Grahams. All right, it's easy <laughs> math for me. A hundred right. Teddy Grahams to give out. I am going to give forty of those Teddy Grahams to Tyler Hero. And boy, does Oof. he deserve those Teddy Grahams. You mentioned the stats, the, that huge second quarter that he had. Zooming out a little bit more on Tyler Hero, this is his yeah. sixth 30-point game of the season, David. Do you know how many he's had the rest of his NBA career prior to this season? Less than six? Certainly less than six. It was half of six, and that number would be three. He had two yeah. last year, one as a rookie, that's a six 30 point game coming off the bench. It's pretty remarkable. It's why he's got six man of the year locked up. Uh, just an awesome night from him. And what is starting to stand out is the efficiency 12 of 18 tonight, six of nine from three point range. And that's after missing his first three shots. Right. And I thought he said something really interesting after the game. He said, or it was actually, it was PJ Tucker who said it. He said that, 
Tyler Hero's problem solving is what stands out the most uh, uh, recently about Hero's game. And he's been on a tear, by the way, post-All-Star break. Um, it, it's He goes 0 for 3 shooting, right, to start this game in the first quarter against Houston. Kind of figures out the kind of coverages that they're showing him into what PJ was saying. He's not seeing the same kind of defense, not the same kind of coverages every single night. So he sort of feels it out, sees how they're playing him, and then he goes into problem-solving mode, and then he figures out where he can get his shots. And that was very apparent tonight, and it's something that's really stood out about Hero's game lately, to me at least. No. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Uh, the shot-making, the play-making for others, uh, the ability to shoot the ball from the perimeter as well as he has yeah. lately. Uh, that buzzer also- beater was unbelievable. I mean, it was, just, yeah. it was after another really great shot. I mean, it was just... Uh, I, I hesitate to go Steph Curry comparison because he's not the same player, Ooh. but he is that kind of roller coaster ride, kind of tsunami wave. He can kind of create that same sort of tsunami wave for the Miami Heat fan base, right? It's again not to the scale uh, of of a Steph Curry, right? It's not that great all time great right now, but there's a, it's a, just a similar vibe in the building when that wave starts to crest. I was going to save this for an upcoming Monday Madness segment, but I saw a Mavs reporter kind of tweeting that same comment that Tyler Hero made on the uh, Jeremy Tache podcast at one point before the season started about wanting to be in that same or considering himself in yeah. the same conversation as Luca, Trey, and others. And of course, Luca Doncic having an MVP candidate type season. And of course, the Mavs reporter said, "Oh, remember when Tyler Hero compared himself to Luca? As if it's so fucking unfathomable. <laughs> like the reality is that Luca has the ball in his hands eighty percent of the game, and he's responsible for ninety-five percent of Dallas's offense. Well, it's also and- just a really bad way to put Luca's MVP year into context. If you're a Mavericks yeah. reporter, right? Can you just like hype up your own dude without trying without to caring. smash yeah. a, a a bench player on another team in another conference? It doesn't really make yeah. sense." No, I don't get All it. Right. Uh, Tyler, phenomenal performance. Yep. Phenomenal season. Six man of the year. Definitely a done deal for him. So already getting postseason accolades, at least as far as we're concerned. Let's go. Who, who goes Who goes next? Who gets the cookies next? 200. Do we have 200? What did I say? Wait, That's 100 cookies. 20, and we gave 40 20. cookies. Yeah, 20. <laughs> the math is 20. a little off. We're still working. I thought, I thought oh, the math man. was easy. Look, it's 1230 in the morning. I'm, it's been a long night. <laughs> 20 cookies. Teddy Graham cookies. The Jimmy Butler, uh, nice. 7-11 overall for 21 points. He had seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. More than anything, though, David, I thought he just set the tone for the night. I mentioned Tally Hero's slow start. Jimmy Butler, no such thing for him. Jalen Green, 14 points for the Rockets in the first quarter. It was Jimmy Butler kind of answering the Jalen yeah. Green uh, hot, the, the, uh, hot streak in the beginning of that game there for the Rockets. It was Jimmy Butler answering for Miami. Uh, again, set the tone, did everything you needed from the dude defensively. Just uh, just a really solid overall balanced night, kind of what we're accustomed to seeing from Jimmy Butler. 20 cookies for him. Quiet 21, although impactful, yeah. I, I think. You know, obviously, as you mentioned, the fact that he was helping keep pace with Houston's hot start in the first quarter, had seven rebounds, four assists, uh, finished yeah. seven of nine from the free throw line, so still able to get to the, the line whenever he wants. And 7-11 efficiently shooting. The mid-range game was dialed up. Zero three-point attempts. So uh, nice. it looks like he's yeah. dialed it back. He didn't feel the need to shoot from the perimeter today because he had everything else falling. And this is uh, ever since that woeful performance last week, 
Uh, obviously, he took a game off against the Brooklyn Nets. He's been very, very efficient since then, having some nice performances. So let's see how long he can keep this up. Hopefully, he'll uh, be able to maintain this pace for the rest of the season. So we got 60 out of 100 down. Let's uh, help you out with the math a little bit. We, we, yeah, we've got you. 40 left. <laughs> Who gets the next 40? Quick note on Jalen Green. I mentioned the 14 points in the first quarter. He finished with 20. Yeah. So he only scored six points the rest of the game, and he was a Rockets' worst minus twenty plus minus. So yeah, I'm not a fan of his game. So he's far. been playing like, better as of late, but I, I see where your trepidation is. Right, he's, there's a little bit of a shooter's volume thing happening with him. It would yeah. be interesting to see what he looks like on a good team. That's not going to yes. happen anytime soon in Houston. No. Um. Anyway, uh, to your point, forty cookies left. Uh, I'm going to give ten of them to Duncan Robinson. 13 Ooh. points on three for seven shooting from three point range. He had a couple assists, a nice take, a uh, reverse layup. Uh, I just thought all of that, all in all, was worth some some Teddy Grams. So he gets 10 of them. Uh, PJ yeah. Tucker, 10 Teddy Grams to him. Uh, he was a team best plus 18, uh, yeah. tied with um, uh, Tyler Hero, who finished with 31 points. PJ Tucker, I mean, we could do the box score thing if we want 11 points, 12 rebounds, two assists. Um, on five of 12 shooting only one for four from three point range, but did hit a big three pointer, um, from the corner there, but more than anything, just the energy that he played with you, you, we looked at, you know, a guy like Jalen green, not, uh, kind of being taken out of that hot start. A big part of that was PJ Tucker, right? Yeah. What he does defensively, what he does on offense from his screening, everything like that. Just go. If you watch this game, it was just another one of those PJ Tucker clinics. Um, I've got 10 Teddy Grams going to Caleb Martin. Just because I always feel like I have to give a bunch of Teddy Grams to Caleb Martin every single game. I don't really have any other reason than that. I don't even care about the box score. I don't. Even, I actually have no idea what he finished. Yeah, a nice dunk. Really nice dunk. Put back dunk. What a great dunk. Great put back dunk. I love it. Uh, final 10 Teddy Graham cookies to Kyle Lowry. Now, look. Oh. Kyle Lowry, he just finished with uh, whatever. What did he even finish with? I don't even know. Zero points. Matter. Zero points. Didn't even score. On over three shooting. Just took three shots. Had five assists. Had a couple of turnovers. More than anything, though, what impressed me and why he's getting some Teddy Grams here, after four days, uh, four games off, he returns to the game uh, to the Heat and only takes three shots on a night where Tyler Hero had it rolling, where the night was owned by Victor Oladipo, where Jimmy Butler had it going, PJ Tucker scored a double digits. You had a, Duncan Robinson was having had it going from three point range. He didn't need, have he didn't feel the need to insert yeah. himself, to be like, hey, I've taken all this time off. Let me go get some shots up. He just came in and played his game, and I know he didn't score, and he didn't make a shot. I get that, but that was almost to the benefit of the other Miami Heat players who did have it going. And so I actually credit for – and for him as a point guard, to take himself out of the offense in that way yeah. just is another sign of the, the lack of ego that he has uh, and his understanding of his role in the offense and the role that he wants to have, by the way in this offense, how he sees Tucker, him adding the most value. So I'm PJ Tucker referencing this all yes. in his post-game presser yeah. as well. He asked about Kyle's return just, so, you know, in his gravelly voice saying that's just the kind of player Kyle Lowry is. And it's great. Like, I mean, so much of a player's impact is measured mostly through offense. It's like, Oh, what a kind of a big night he had, but it's more about controlling the pace for Kyle about finding the right guys. That thank you there, uh, as much of it is as a microcosm of Victor's return and everything else, just the fact that Kyle recognized this is a guy who needs to get his shots. He needs to work through those kind of trepidatious issues there, the nervousness, the, the jitters. He needs to get that shot. Here he is getting a wide-open look. I think that shot, Kyle could have easily taken it, but he swung the ball to a wide-open Oladipo mm -hmm. in the corner, mm -hmm. recognizing the need to get him that shot. Uh, and point. I think he does that so often. He Again, just... 
He's all about getting everybody involved, making sure everybody gets touches. He adds a stability to Miami's offense, and no other player on this roster does that. Very few players in the NBA do, and that's how he makes his impact, even if it's not necessarily one that stands out in the box score. But everybody in that locker room feels it. It's a very harmonious group right now, even for the players that didn't play because of Victor Oladipo's return. So we'll talk a little bit about how Oladipo fits into the rotation, who gets left out, and much, much more in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. Just a reminder that you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskAllaHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts and leave a review. We always love getting that kind of feedback. We're close to our reaching our goal for the week of 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't done so, please subscribe so you can get all the latest updates of when we post a new show even one at one o'clock in the morning that's right well i don't know if i'm on fire i don't know who's on fire but victor oladipo <laughs> certainly is the topic of conversation for a lot of heat fans right now and he comes into the game tonight after that prolonged absence and two players who have been contributing a lot over the last few weeks months of the season gabe vincent and max Struess. Both of them relegated mostly to garbage time performance. Struce only yeah. played three minutes. Gabe Vincent only played three minutes. Omer Yurtseven. Kyle Guy even played three minutes. So, oh, I'm sorry. Haywood Highsmith, who we should mention, uh, signed yeah. to a three-year deal announced by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski after having been informed by his agent, apparently, that he's going to be signing a long-term deal with the Heat. So the next big project already in the Heat roster has not been officially noted yet by the team. So we haven't got any kind of indication yet that it's official, but it's likely to happen. So that was garbage time. But Gabe and Max, I think, are the big stories here because obviously yeah. they've been contributing. They've had big moments, really big moments throughout the whole season. And yet here they are now, maybe, you know, mostly relegated to bench time. Uh, what's the future like for garbage them? Is it yeah. going to be, uh, I mean, is, is Victor Oladipo... Okay. Well, we I think that's that. no. I think that's where we're at. I mean, it, it's that Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, Dwayne Dedman, and Victor Oladipo are your four off the bench, and you're kind of watching that game. And I, I, we've been debating who whose spot does Oladipo take, whose minutes does Oladipo right. take in the lead up to this uh, this debut, and you kind of see it play out, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're not going to take Caleb Martin's minutes away because he plays a separate position. He's a wing defender. In a right. way that Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo aren't, and he's not a center like Dwayne Dedman is, obviously. Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, like those guys are guards. Those guys are shooters. Those guys right. have been really important for Miami. But if you're trying to find a spot for a, a guard like Victor Oladipo, it makes sense to take that the minutes away from other guards. And right. you're getting to the point now in the season where, yeah, they could go 10 deep if they want and find minutes for Gabe Vincent or Max Struess or whatever in the normal rotation. But we're getting to the point where we're ramping up to the playoffs and I don't think that Spo has any plans of playing 10 guys in the postseason. I think he wants to play nine. And it would not shock me if it were these nine. And Victor Oladipo, very deferential to what it is that Gabe Vincent and Max Struess did during the season, too. And he actually talked about it after the game, his role in the offense uh, and how uh, he had anticipated um, this moment. And, and again, just uh, shouting out uh, the teammates that he's been so eager to cheer on from the sideline all season long. Let's play that clip right now. I mean, they're, they're, you're human. There's, there's, there's all kind of days, you know. There, there are tough days where you want to be out there and you want to help. Um, and then there are days it's like, yes, it's clicking. Man, I still want to help. <laughs> you know, and um, but for the most part, I mean, they make it fun. 
when they flying around and, you know, they doing the stuff that they do and they, they hitting threes and they playing the way they playing. It's kind of hard not to cheer and be excited about that. So um, they make it fun. They make it easy to cheer for them. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but, you know, they did a phenomenal job, um, you know, and I'm just blessed and thankful to be a part of the team. And, you know, big shout out to to Max and Gabe who, who've been playing really well. And for them to sacrifice their minutes tonight, I know that's not easy. So um, I really appreciate them for that. So uh, I just one question off of that to you, David, is obviously if that's going to be the, the situation here. And I, and I guess it could evolve based on matchups and things like that. But if Victor Oladipo is going to be limited to 15 minutes and we're looking at this as probably the core nine in the rotation, um, and I, I guess we'll see what happens if Markeith comes back, but that's a whole other wild card, and we don't need to talk about that, I guess. But um, 15 minutes for Victor Oladipo. Eric Spolstra, pretty steadfast after the game when I asked him, is 15 minutes kind of – and he's like, "There's." I'm like, how do you ramp up from 15 minutes? He says, there's no ramp up. It's 15 minutes a night for Victor Oladipo. How do you feel about those 15 minutes coming in place of Gabe Vincent and Max Drews? I think there's a, a – I think you kind of have to at this point because you've invested so much time and you're trying to build up Oladipo, and I think the ceiling is higher if Oladipo plays more effectively during those 15 minutes. Uh, I know we were asked this on a recent show. At the same time, I, I, I mean, you kind of dance with the one who brought you there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. I, I feel like – like Gabe has been so good, and, and while he's willing to accept the demotion, and it's a clear demotion uh, for one game, and Max similarly, I think, although the role is a little different because he's expected to bring that long-range shooting, and you still get that to some degree from Duncan on a night like tonight. He certainly had it. Uh, you know, what happens when when there's a game in the playoffs when Duncan's shooting isn't falling, and then all of a sudden Max is still on the bench and you go with Oladipo instead? I mean, is there going to be a little resentment there? I could imagine these guys wanting to make a name for themselves, especially in the postseason, because they're going to get their first real extended playoff minutes, or at least that was the expectation prior to tonight. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to see how you can incorporate all of them, and I, and I find myself hard pressed to do so. And, and look, you know, to Spolster's credit, he, he said basically the same thing that you know it, it would be just a lot of complaining that he's a professional, that they're professionals on his team, no begrudging for minutes and right. things of that sort. Everybody knows how to handle these kinds of changes in the rotation and yeah. things of that sort. He called whining about, he called whining about uh, rotation <laughs> stuff. That's for amateurs. So that's for amateurs. <laughs> that's a great quote. It is. Quote. And it's challenging. It's kind of, ch- I don't, I don't think he's worried about Gabe and Max, but I think he's based, it is in, in some way, shape or form challenging a guy like Gabe or a guy like Max being like, hey, you want to whine about this? Okay. That proves to me that you're an amateur. And the last yeah. thing that Gabe and Max want to do is be amateurs, right? Certainly right. They don't want to be viewed like that from their head coach. Um, one of the, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's a, it's a risky challenge there. It kind of reminds me <laughs> a little bit of LeBron, I mean, of uh, Pat Riley at the end of 2014 saying, you've, have you got the guts to stick around? And clearly LeBron yeah. did not have those guts, but I don't think it was quite, I don't think it's quite to that level of calling out clutch, but, um, no, it's fair. <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm okay with it. I get it. I'm totally okay with it. If it, if this is our top nine going into the postseason, if this is your top nine in a playoff uh, I'm okay with it. I just don't think that in the postseason, if you want to win the finals, which is what this team wants to do, playing a core rotation that includes three guys like Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and Max Drews, who are not experienced in the playoffs. And to your point, yeah, I would understand selfishly like why they would want to have ample playoff experience. But that's not the point of this year. 
The point of this right. year is not to get those young guys playoff experience. The point of this year is to win the championship. And the yeah. best way for the Heat to do that, I think, Caleb is has far and away proved himself more than Gabe Vincent Max. Like that guy is the best player out of the, that group. And that's not to disparage anything about Gabe and, and Max. It's, it's really just a credit to Caleb Martin, how awesome he's been. Right. I have no idea what his ceiling is for this Heat team. I really don't. Uh, uh, but and think uh, about what, awesome. what, think about what Caleb does defensively. As good as Gabe has been as an on-ball exactly. defender at times, like he's just he's more he's too small. He's too small. Caleb's, exactly. Exactly. Caleb's, Caleb's more versatile. versatile. He's Victor's shooting thirty-eight percent. Everybody yeah. thinks that Max is like the sharpshooter of the group. Caleb's shooting thirty-eight percent. Max is shooting forty percent. It's not that different. And then you combine what Caleb Martin does from being able to attack closeouts, and you just pencil in every game. Uh, a, a steal and dunk in transition every single game for Caleb Martin. He does it every game. He did it tonight. Every night yeah. he does it. Um, and, and all the other things that he does, uh, you know, with the versatility and the athleticism and the rebounding and everything that he brings to the table. Yeah, you're giving the minutes to Caleb Martin if you have to pick up those three. And I actually like that they're going Dwayne Dedman over Yurtsevin. They're going the veterans. Hero is a proven player at this point. He's not even really a young guy anymore. Yeah, he's he's played in the finals. finals. Yeah. yeah. Caleb Martin... If he's the one sort of unproven guy in your nine-man right. rotation, you're in a really good spot, right? Because Oladipo has experience. And I just – I still, even though we haven't seen him in 333 days before tonight, I still kind of trust him more than Gabe Vincent and Max Drews in a playoff just because you there's no – there is no substitute for NBA experience. There's just none. And, and Oladipo and look, at least I has that. I can already hear some people questioning, well, Caleb hasn't tasted the playoffs during his first three seasons in Charlotte. And you're absolutely right. And yet I feel like his preparation for this skill set, the the adversity that he's faced to get up to this point, and his skill set, his athleticism, yes. that doesn't go away. It's not like right. he's going to forget how to dunk once he gets to the playoffs. He's he's still going to tag the basket. He's you know he might shoot a little bit poorly, and if that's the case, well then maybe you go with a guy like. Well, if the Heat, if the Heat had a guy with Caleb Martin's skill set who has playoff experience, they would probably go with that guy. They just don't have that guy, you know. <laughs> right. In Victor yeah. Oladipo, they have a guy who's a ball handler, defender, slasher type, the kind of player that they need. And he has the playoff experience. So, yeah, you've got Oladipo, but you kind of, you know, Caleb Martin is not, if you're going to only play one of the the young guys without the experience, he's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. Big win. Uh, great rotation concerns here moving forward because you always want to have as much depth as possible. Miami, I think, has continued to prove, despite the fact that not a lot of people are talking about this team's depth, they are the deepest team in the league by far. They also face one of the other teams that are considered one of the deepest teams in the NBA and that's the Phoenix Suns they'll be facing them on Wednesday and of course we'll have a full recap of that game but thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day now make your second listen Locked On NBA Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes it's free and available wherever you get podcasts so thank you so much for joining us this is David Ramil signing off for now thank you for joining us Wes wrap it up B <laughs>